Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Within the Mist, a hidden place where we walk into the dark and clouded unknown for your entertainment. I am your avid reader of a host, Gary, with my lovely wife and co-host, Goldie Ann. We are here to entertain and inform you about the likes of cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries. And today, from the dawn of storytelling, even the earliest recorded tales have had elements of horror, fear, and despair. The vampire archetype, for example, could be traced back all the way to the ancient civilizations of Samaria. The vampire-like being Imaku could inhabit the bodies of people who had died violently or who were buried improperly. In 1235, the Vatican issued an order to reestablish the power of the church. This resulted in charges of heresy and accusations of witchcraft. The resulting obsession with witchcraft would endure until the 17th century. In 1307, Dante published the first volume of his divine comedy, Inferno. This book gave a vision of Satan and demons that Dante presented that would prove heavily influential to many writers down the years. Then, in 1765, Horace Walpole published The Castle of Otranto, which was considered to be the first gothic or ghost novel. This would rise in more novels being written about death and ghostly spirits. There would be another dramatic turn in horror writing when in June of 1816, after having a ghost story writing contest, Mary Shelley originated the genre of science fiction horror with her book Frankenstein. Edgar Allan Poe would bring the gothic tradition to America and H.G. Wells would take things a step further in 1898 with his War of the Worlds. This blend of science fiction and horror took horror into the future, presenting a whole new source of fear and anxiety for the modern reader. The 1970s saw a deluge of horror novels, starting with William Peter Blatley's The Exorcist and Stephen King's Carrie. Peter Benchley published Jaws in 1975 and Anne Rice published The Interview with a Vampire in 1976, bringing new life and direction to vampire fiction. In 1981, Thomas Harris published The Red Dragon, the first novel in his Hannibal Lecter series, which started the serial killer craze of the ensuing decades. Now, in recent years, the archetypes of vampires, werewolves, and zombies have come to dominate the horror genre. The modern horror reader can find any number of novels and novellas to satisfy their inner desire to be frightened, even if they know it is all make-believe. Today, join Goldie Ann and I as we receive the great honor to talk with Scott Donnelly successful author of new modern horror and science fiction as he releases his newest book on Amazon. So now let's take a walk within the mist. According to his Amazon author page, he is an independent author with Raven Tail Publishing living in Grove City, Ohio, Buckeyes represent, where he lives with his wife, three children, and Labradoodle Maxwell. <gasps> oh, he writes in a variety of genres to keep his ideas fresh and different, ranging from horror to science fiction to action thrillers. We are pleased to introduce you to Scott Donnelly. Woo, that's where the so. crowd goes wild. Yay! <laughs> so Thank good morning. you so much. Yeah. Good morning. How are you doing today? Doing good. It's uh, like you guys said, it's early. It's 
it's early so <laughs> it's early and cold right and cold yeah we have we have a few inches of snow on the ground out there okay well normally i start our podcast by making goldie ann happy with a joke of the day so you are our guest so you get to enjoy the joke for this time perfect <laughs> perfect so i have a story to tell you and it's in relation to the mothman it seems that one day the mothman walked into a podiatrist's office he sits down on the chair and the confused podiatrist asks him what can i do for you well the mothman looks at him and says oh doctor i don't know what to do I wake up depressed. I have no energy. My boss hates me. I feel like no one enjoys any of the things that I accomplish in the day. And I just can't sleep at night. I have no appetite. And the podiatrist scratches his head and looks at the mothman and says, well, it seems to me that you need a psychiatrist. Why did you come in here? To which the mothman looks at him and says, well, your light was on. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> There's there's nothing better than a good dad joke. Exactly. That's what I'm always arguing. I will purport to dad jokes to the end. Oh, wow. All right. So now that uh, I've tortured everyone with that, let's go ahead and start with some of your background. Uh, we would love to know your background before you became a writer and the reasons that uh, initiated you to start writing books. Right. So um, I was born in New York, uh, moved uh, to Ohio when uh, in about nine, nine, 1996 or so. Um, it was when I got here, I had some uh, some teachers in, in middle school who assigned some creative writing uh, assignments. And I had a really good time doing those. And about the same time, we read Agatha Christie's and then there were none. Oh, I love that one. Uh, it's my favorite book still to this day. Um, and also about that time is when the first Scream movie came out and I, it was all, it all kind of meshed at the same time where I'm like, wow, these are really cool stories with mystery and twists and, and everything behind them. I said, I wouldn't mind trying to create some of those. So, um, you know, I wrote some, some short stories. None of them were, were particularly good. Um, I met a friend, friend in high school and we started writing like movie scripts that we would we would film on, on the weekends and some That's and, awesome. Um, and then, you know, found ourselves taking on a lot with, with the filmmaking. So um, realized that our ideas were being written, but not com completed um, on the film. So it felt unfinished. <laughs> and I was like, well, if I can write a, a story or a book that will, that'll finish it. So then, then I kind of really started in there and just kind of took off from there. Awesome. That's great. So when did you write your first book? Um, the first one that I, I independently published was in 2014. It was a, a sci-fi comedy, um, part, the first in a, a series that I, I'm just, I still have to finish the, uh, the final one. Um, so I, I published that in 2014. Um, and I've been trying to I, I kind of write whenever I have have a chance and whenever whenever I get done with something, I'll I'll get my uh, I have some pretty dedicated beta readers and and family and friends who always take a look at my stuff and help me get it as perfect as I can before I publish it. And um, last year um, I did sign a two year contract with Raventail Publishing. So some wow. of my book, some of my books have gone over to them for now and uh but the mothman one is a self-published one so um uh 
yeah no i just i really enjoy enjoy doing it I like telling stories i like trying to you know some of the stuff i've i've been able to creep some people out and you know <laughs> keep people you know in suspense with certain things and that's the kind of stuff i i strive for so okay so what what created your interest in horror and especially cryptids um well horror i, I would say that first scream movie and and um Agatha Christie's and then there were none because that kind of both within the slasher uh, whodunit mystery kind of thing. And those spawned my interest in the other ones like Friday the 13th and then Aliens. And uh, I mean, I, I'll watch I'll watch most anything. anything. Yeah. <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, as far as cryptids go, uh, I've always kind of had a fascination with Bigfoot, even when I was little. Um, so, you know kind of looking in and researching Bigfoot, I was able to stumble across all these other ones that are are fascinating to me. Like um, I think Mothman is, is probably the most fascinating in my opinion. And uh, the Dover demon was always very interesting to me. Um, Bigfoot, um, you know, any, any of those things. Um, and then was 2002 was when the Mothman prophecies movie came out. And yes. I remember sitting in the theater watching that and being completely like so sucked into the story. <laughs> and, and it was just, it was a very creepy, creepy movie. It was very haunting. And, uh, and after that, I'm like, cryptids are the perfect uh, topic to, to create a creepy story because they're, they're all based in, you know, unknown, uh, you know, they're surrounded by everything that's that's unknown. You, you know, can't right. prove that they're real. You can't prove that they're fake. So just the the fear of of an unknown something watching you or you know, walking in the woods or you know, that that kind of stuff is is kind of creepy. So I think they're the perfect uh um topic for horror fiction. And I, I was kind of surprised to see how limited amount of creature uh well not creature but cryptid horror fiction there is actually exactly very true especially for an area like ohio which is so many different creatures or urban legends that uh, mm-hmm. exist right. so it gives you a lot of material then yeah absolutely um i know the loveland frog men or mm-hmm. people that that's only about i think loveland's like 45 minutes from here and i know oh, the, wow the, the grass man is was that north northeast ish yeah near minerva yeah Yeah. um so yeah we i mean those would be two of the bigger ones here i know mothman legend kind of carries into Mm -hmm. ohio as well so yeah that's awesome you you've written a large number of books that kind of deal with uh urban legends and stuff uh one of the books i did want to mention because i know how much of an effect it will have on my co-host here is your book would you like to tell us about scarecrow Oh no! Oh, uh, Killer Scarecrow. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Yep. Um, I I released I self published that last um, last March. Um, that is one of the the titles that um Raven Tail Publishing is has taken from me right now, not taken from me, but have taken on. Um, yeah. No, that's uh, it. It was. I I developed that one as. It, it it's a it's definitely a standalone mm-hmm. it's a su- supernatural slasher uh, <laughs> but, so um, 
<laughs> my wife but has a fear of scarecrows so oh you oh, should definitely yeah. you should definitely check it out then yeah yeah i was looking at your list going okay i need to read that and that and that and that and that, and that. <laughs> yeah it's a uh, it, it's set up like a um kind of like a standard slasher fair you know there's a there's a kid who is is killed on halloween night from from an accident and uh uh a year later he um or somebody uh shows up in that neighborhood dresses the scarecrow that he had created as his last um last minute like a do-it-yourself halloween decoration that he put out front <laughs> of his house wow. so some, somebody is is stalking the, the neighborhood with dressed as his scarecrow and and killing people um and uh there's definitely uh, it's definitely a whodunit and um um yeah no if if you're scared of scarecrows then definitely yeah. check it out. <laughs> i'm definitely getting that one for her it's, yeah just reading the uh the plot and the uh background information on it yeah that it sounds like an amazing story oh thank so. you thank you i tried to um i really tried to focus on character in 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 that one for sure so i wanted to make sure there were uh relatable characters and and characters to get definitely attached to before they may or may not get knocked off right <laughs> um do you spend a lot of time developing your characters or what is Um, the biggest part of your book that takes the most work creating the situation or creating the characters um probably the characters because uh characters are what people can latch on to um so um i normally when i have an idea for for a story i usually know how it's going to end almost right away so um so when i get the solid idea that's when i i go and and try to to give the characters a more um realistic um you know aspects and you know i'll I'll pick and pull things from like my real life um <laughs> as jumping off points um to to build some of these characters not that they represent me completely but you know like i'll I'll take something small in my life and just build on that and see where it takes the character. That's awesome. So you have to pull from your own past experiences and put kind of put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. Kind of like uh, you know, just a kind of like a, a stretched version of that. Yeah. Nice. So then it must be kind of terrifying to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've written some stuff where my, my wife has, has read it back and she's like, do you really feel that way? And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, I, like I just, I kind of, you know, take a very small piece of, of, of reality and then fictionally right. build off of it within the story. And I kind of let the story take those aspects where they need to go. Exactly. That's great. Well, I mean, now, since we've talked about some of your past work, let's go ahead and touch on your current book. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to give us a synopsis of The Mothman yeah. The Return? Yeah, Mothman Return to Point Pleasant. I've always kind of wanted to write a story about what would happen if um, if the if the Mothman were to come back to its original stomping grounds and, you know, w- what the circumstances would be. So um, I, I did, I came up with a story where... Um, there's a, a mother and son who moved to Point Pleasant from from Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, the, the mom has an opportunity to open up her uh, a a, biz- a small business, a bakery that she's always wanted to have a small town bakery. So they you know they have an open open unit, and it was perfect opportunity for them. 
Um, and not long after they show up is when the, the strange things start to happen. Um, people start seeing things again and um, kind of talk about the Mothman crops up and, and starts to spread a little panic through, through some of the people. And um, yeah. And then I, you know, try and kind of hit the, the big things with, you know, terrorize it shows up and starts terrorizing some, some teenagers at the TNT area. And, um, and there's the, the whole time I'm trying to build the tension of like, why has it shown back up now? And, uh, what in the universe has set up this scenario for, for the Mothman to, to be back and, and once again, creating fear. Okay. Well, for those who aren't aware, um, the folklore behind the Mothman is that it's a humanoid creature that was being seen by multiple eyewitnesses in the Point Pleasant, West Virginia area from November 15, 1966, until the collapse of the Silver Bridge resulted in the deaths of 46 people on December 15, 1967. And it's at the point where the Silver Bridge collapses that your story takes place. But your tagline is that everything must evolve. So yeah. this Mothman is, is similar to the one that, you know, the folklore is based on, but you take him up a notch. Is that correct? Yeah. I, um, you know, the, aside from, you know, some people uh, kind of connecting the Mothman with the bridge collapse and the, and the death of those people, the Mothman, to my knowledge, didn't kill anybody um so yeah no I, I i thought if i'm gonna kind of up the stakes a little bit if he's back um in a modern world um i was gonna have to kind of create my own vision of him so there are definitely similarities to to what the folklore has described um but he, he is it is it is kind of like a creature feature book too so you know mm -hmm. i i have i mix some fact and 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 my own fiction into it so it, it is a more um, of the folklore that was told. You did a great um, job. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Wow. Um, yeah, I wanted, uh, I wanted the mystery to, to be there, but I also wanted there to be a lot of dread and, and fear of the actual um, creature. Right. It's an amazing book. It really is. Yeah. For, thank you. We were lucky that we got a sneak peek preview of the book before oh, it's yeah, actually whoops. being published. So that's why we're trying to be careful not to give away spoilers, but we do appreciate that. Yeah, we did get a chance to read the book before it's officially released, which is on which date? Uh, Valentine's Day, February 14th. Yes. Yeah, so not quite a love story, but not buy quite. It for the one you love, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Or which, buy, it, buy it for the one that you want to, you know, scare away. <laughs> so what did you feel as you were writing the story did you feel connected to the original folklore because you you don't rehash the original stories you basically created your own genre of folktales connecting the past with your present yeah um I, like i said i've always kind of wanted to write this story i just finally actually got around to it and um I, I feel like since I've had the ideas building for so long that it just, it came out, it came out pretty quickly compared to some of the other things I've written um, just from my, my brain to the the computer. And it just, it flowed really good. And um, 
I wanted it to be like a modern version of what happened back in the sixties um, with, you know, some new flair to it. Um, just a kind of continuation of, of the folklore, but at an elevated level. Oh, very much elevated. Well, how do you feel about the Mothman being considered a harbinger of destruction and doom? Do you feel <laughs> that, that that's accurately that is, portrayed? I tried to incorporate both sides of that argument within within the book because some people think that with the Mothman being present, that it's that it's warning people of something devastating that's going to happen. And then right. there's the other other half of the people who believe that it's there to cause it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I what I would side with completely. Um, that both sides of it have have very interesting um, outcomes. Exactly, and in fact, it kind of makes some people nervous because. There were stories that the Mothman or a Mothman-like creature was seen around Chernobyl before it went, uh, re, you know, uh, meltdown, and they are now reporting sightings of a Mothman-like creature in Chicago, which is kind of terrifying for the people <laughs> in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because if you know, if what people are seeing, you know, they're obviously seeing something. Um, with so many people seeing it, I mean, you gotta you gotta wonder if something bad. You know, it's kind of building. You, know, you never know. It's so hard to say. It's so hard to talk it, about. It really is because you know, because <laughs> it, it is folklore. You know, right. so it's 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 not proven fact, but it it's stuff that people can can really get either behind or or too involved with to to believe or completely write it off. Right. Well, now that you've uh, finished uh, The Moss Man, The Return to Point Pleasant, uh, can you tell us what some of your current projects are? Are you working on anything right now? Yeah, um, I am <laughs> writing for Raventail Publishing. I'm currently writing a, uh, a deep sea creature book. Um, I don't know exactly when that'll be out yet, but um, so that's been fun. I haven't I haven't written in the, the deep sea kind of genre yet, so it's been <laughs> it's been fun kind of getting into that one. Are you thinking about involving the bloop? Uh, no. <laughs> um, although you guys well, did do an think about it. Right? Yeah, we did. And <laughs> yes, it was yes. pretty neat because a lot of people tied in the bloop to being possibly Cthulhu because of the location where it was sounding from. Right. So. Yeah. No, that, 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 that has always been a, a, a nice, fascinating little, little story yeah. there, but no, I, I, um, creating my own sea creature for it nice. so awesome not not quite a cryptid but um i i toyed with the idea of doing like a science experiment going wrong but i'm like uh probably been done to death so um <laughs> so i decided to kind of create my own which which this uh vessel kind of stumbles across by accident and goes awesome. from there so well, i look forward to it yeah it thank, sounds thank neat you. um and i would like to i have the Mothman the one set on Amazon under under a series uh, called um, Cryptid Horror. So I would like to follow it up with a, a another book, um, not a follow up to the Mothman book, but um, take a, a different cryptid and, and bring it into a modern um, setting. That's a great idea. That is, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's such an open market, and you did so well with the Mothman. It would be pretty exciting to see what you can do with some of the other legends. Thank such you. as what the Dover Demon, 
leftover demon. <laughs> That's cool. I I got have my 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 sights set on um Flatwoods monster right now. Oh, okay. So cool. we'll that would see. be a very interesting one. Yeah. Well, because yeah, you do have an interest in science fiction as well, correct? Yes. Yep. Science fiction, horror, kind of stuff like that. Yes, this all fits right into to all of those. So right. Well, good. Now, um, I did see that you were posting that you are there are there's being work done on a certain movie. Yeah. Um, so I wrote a um a murder mystery um called Cheater Cheater, and it's it's a it's a slasher along the, the lines of of Scream, um, with a a pumpkin masked uh killer stalking some some people in town. Um but yeah, I'm in. No. take my money. <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah it is uh currently being developed into uh an indie horror film by a, a filmmaker um named del carey um and uh awesome. it's cur- currently in the the audition phases right now and he's got a script which i've been able to look at and it he does he did a great job um you know wow. turning the, the, the book into into the script and um i'm very excited to to keep keep up with the progress on that yeah, in fact, Cheater Cheater was the first book of yours that I did read. So when I heard that it was actually being developed into an indie movie, hmm. I kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on it and get maybe yep. some tidbits about what's going to happen. Yeah, I uh, it it sounds uh, sounds like he's right on right on schedule with everything. He wanted the auditions to be going. He's had so much interest in the auditions that he he's going to need to set up some more some more dates. Um, hmm. So that. So that's really cool. It's all happening out in Washington State, um, very far away from me. <laughs> uh, oh, that has to be rough. You can't go to the auditions. <laughs> eh, it's okay. I, I've I've been kept up to date, so it's 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 been really awesome, and I can't wait oh. to see what he does with with the film. That's got to be exciting. Yeah. How does that feel to you as an author to see or to know that your book is going to be up on the big screen? Big screen might be a stretch. Well, <laughs> streaming no, or I, I, be a video. Yeah. No, I know. I know what you mean. Um, no, it, it's a, it's amazing. I've, I get a lot of my inspiration from movies. So when I'm writing my books, I th- I see them in my head playing out like they were on a movie screen. Um, so to actually have somebody interested enough to want to make that happen um, is kind of overwhelming and you know it's it's the it's a it's been a big goal and, and dream of mine is to have one of my stories turned into a, a film or, or something and finally That's gets awesome. to happen so i'm very excited well, great uh do you see the mothman as being a potential for growing and uh i don't know uh so far i i've i've had the the, the story out to some um some book bloggers and some podcasts and um, some beta readers i've gotten very good feedback so far so um fingers crossed that it does well okay so how much time do you have to uh, dedicate to creating a background information and preparations for your books and how long does a normal novel take you um from start to finish maybe four or five months these aren't like Stephen King size novels. They're, you know, m- more on the, on the shorter end of things. So, you know, between uh, novellas and, and novels. Um, so yeah, three, four months um, depends on, you know, if, I, if I'm not in the mood to, to work on a certain store, I usually have something else kind of also on the side to dip into while I kind of regroup with certain ideas. Um, 
I feel like I'm always working on something. (laughs) (laughs) So you get your inspiration from movies? I would say I'm more inspired by, by, by movies that, you know, than, than anything else when I'm, when I'm writing, um, that, you know, that's, I, I watch more movies than I read books. (laughs) So, um, yeah, no, I always want to kind of, when a, when a movie can actually creep me out and scare me, that that's when I get inspired or, or if there's a twist that I I don't see coming somewhere, that's where I get my inspiration to, say well i think i can i can do something like that well how does your family feel about you being a horror writer they're so supportive um nobody really in my family aside from maybe my my brother are huge horror fans in general um i've converted my wife since since (laughs) so she she's definitely more on board with these now than than she was before i met her um but she you know they're i think they're they're very excited that 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 i'm able to 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 get my work out there with people okay so then for the mothman the return to point pleasant what do you hope people take away from after reading the book uh you know what with 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 cryptids and and urban legends and stuff I, i think it's important to to keep an open mind as to to what's out there um with cryptids in in particular there there have been animals that have been considered cryptids before like um kangaroo i think was considered a a cryptid Mm -hmm. um um platypus the the copy yeah yeah yep giant squid and they've all ended up being proven to exist so i don't unless there's a without a doubt no this thing is impossible to exist which i've heard jersey devil for example i've I've heard that they um something like that can't possibly exist because the the way the legs are described as being more thin and tall compared to the the heavier upper body and large head they said something like that couldn't physically exist i don't know if i if i'm if i'm remembering that that right but other well you know, he's more of a demon so we hope that's, that's true <laughs> <laughs> that's true but um no it, you know to take away just keep an open mind because you never you never know what's actually out there and um right you know well to be honest i'm kind of hoping that your version of mothman is not real <laughs> <laughs> i just, hope not too <laughs> yeah i'm just saying just in case. if any of the cryptids are, are are true and they do exist i'm hoping yours doesn't leap out of your pages into reality <laughs> and that that's be, uh yeah i'm i'm as far as my beliefs on on cryptids and and certain ones and if i think they're real or not it, it my my beliefs would be the exact opposite of this i think if if these things did exist like bigfoot for example i i don't think it would be a a, a vicious animal i think you know I, I think it would fear people more than anything and try to stay hidden and um right so any of these oh, that could be the reason yeah that could be yeah. any of these animal cryptids if if they were to exist i don't think they would be like 
carnivore or <laughs> monsters yeah but for for fiction it, it's always definitely more interesting absolutely oh yes <laughs> and you did a great job presenting him you definitely supported the back folklore and you took him in an all-new direction so we really appreciated you writing this book and we look forward to success with it right well thank you and i appreciate you guys taking a uh an advanced read on it so that that, mm-hmm. that was awesome all right. Well, this is your platform. Uh, how would people get to uh, know more about you on your social media? Where can they find you? I am on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I have a Patreon page and a, a newsletter, which I try to do as often as I can, usually once or twice every couple months. Um, yeah. So anything like that, um, I, I'd be thrilled for anybody to come follow me on on any of these. Okay, well, I will be sure to place links to all of your social media on our show notes for this podcast. And in closing, do you have any closing remarks you want to make to the your fans and future fans? Um, I just I hope uh, I hope the book goes over well. I hope people enjoy it. And uh, and if you enjoy it, um, please leave a review on Amazon because that that'll help out so much and um, spread the word in in you know, someone who likes creature books or, or monsters or Mothman or just cryptids in general, um, let them know about it. That word of mouth is, is crucial to, um, indie authors. Absolutely. Very much so. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I think this went very well. Yeah, no, I just, uh, I appreciate you guys having me. And, um, since I discovered your podcast, I've noticed how much you guys have grown with your downloads and, and, and everything. And, um, that's amazing. And I hope you guys can, can you. keep this up for quite a while. Oh, we'll be able to keep it up. I just don't know if we'll keep up the audience. <laughs> no, I, I think you will. Cause um, you, you guys have really good information and uh, you, you play both sides also, which I think is important when you're tackling um, this kind of topic. It sounds awesome. Thank you guys. All right. You're more than welcome. Thank you. You're yeah, great to talk to. Thank you. Thank you. That was great, but do we get to see the Labradoodle? For those interested in Scott Donnelly's work, he has an author page on Amazon, which enables his readers to obtain his present and previous works. You can survive against a serial killer in Cheater Cheater, as the killer claims the lives of residents in a sleepy town of Maple Oaks, Vermont, hidden behind a tattered pumpkin mask and armed with a sharp cutting knife. And you can enjoy The Curse of the Barrows, a novel of horror, which is the first of a three-book series. The woods hold a dark secret entrusted to a boy who has to find an artifact he was entrusted with in order to stop five wretched souls from terror that they will inflict on the restful settlement of Salton. And now we have Mothman, Return to Point Pleasant. The sightings of the Mothman may have been believed to be over with the collapse of the Silver Bridge in December of 1967. However, half a century later, Billy Slater and his mother moved to the small town and into the middle of a horror story themselves. Everything must involve, and that includes monsters. Well, being sure to bundle up with Scott Donnelly's latest Mothman Return to Point Pleasant, I suppose this is a good time to make our way back out of the mist and bring this episode to a close. Special thanks to David Facilian and Facilian Studios for the introduction music. 
We would like to ask you to please leave us a review on the podcast provider you are listening to to help promote our show. We are on social media and would love to hear your ghost stories and opinions about encounters of your own. You can reach us on our Facebook page, Within the Mist Podcast. We are also on Instagram and Twitter, plus we have an email at withinthemistpodcast at gmail.com. For those of you who may need a daily dose of cryptids and ghosts, we have a TikTok channel which gives a few-minute clips about a story involving some of your favorites of some unknown creatures and spirits. I hope you enjoyed our interview today with Scott Donnelly and will come again for another episode. As a reminder, if we entertained you, feel free to donate a few dollars to our Buy Me a Coffee app. It's a great way to show that you enjoyed our stories, and we'll come again for another episode about cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries. Until then, I hope you make your way out of the mist safely, and perhaps a bit more curious. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, see you next time.